Welcome to the Fear and Greed Business Interview. I'm Sean Aylmer. The average pay for ASX 100 CEOs fell last year to its lowest level recorded in almost a decade, but it's still 55 times average adult earnings, and bonuses have fallen too, coming down from the previous year's record highs. So is this a reflection of economic and business conditions, closer scrutiny by investors and boards, or perhaps a bit of both and a little bit more? Ed John is the Executive Manager Stewardship at the Australian Council of Superannuation Investors at ACSI, AXI. The report is CEO pay in ASX 200 company. It's AXI's longest running report. AXI itself is a group of 26 super funds who manage over a trillion dollars in assets. On average, they own 10% of every company on the ASX 200. So, Ed, I'm sure you know what you're talking about as a result. Welcome to Fear and Greed. Thanks, Sean. Nice to be here. And I hope we've developed some knowledge that uh, we can share with you today. So let's take me through some of the key statistics. Just how much has the average realised CEO pay, and maybe you can explain what you mean by realised CEO pay, uh, fallen since those pandemic highs? Yeah, absolutely. I guess to begin on that question of realised, as part of the study, we actually go beyond the numbers in annual reports to look at realised pay, which is effectively not only the fixed remuneration or or cash-based remuneration received by executives, but the value of shares that they they receive. So it's a little bit different to what appears in the statutory tables or in the annual reports of companies, but we see it as more accurate or closer to, again, what what CEOs are earning in in any one year. I'm just going to ask a question. So is this options, for example, if they, they have invested, is that included or not? No, only when they vest. Okay, only when they vest and then it's actual share entitlements and things like that. That's right. So it starts to paint a much more accurate picture of the sort of value delivered. Yep. Again, we don't follow it through to the individual's tax circumstances or or when they exercise options. But, yeah, as soon as they sort of vest, they're included, which makes it much, much more accurate. Yep. Okay. So what's happened? So I guess the key thing is... The average pay for an ASX 100 CEO is still around $5 million per person. There's obviously a wide variation within the ASX 100. Again, as compared to the average adult earnings, that's about 55 times. But interestingly, compared to the prior year, that's fallen quite dramatically. So post-pandemic, we saw this kind of bonus catch-up in the prior year. And so... Average pay was sitting at about 98 times average adult earnings in the prior year. So it's gone from 98 to 55 over that over that period. So pretty pretty dramatic drop. Yeah. Why? Is that about share prices or is it about remuneration? I think it's a mixture of both. So one thing we did see, so in 2020 at the beginning of the pandemic, we know about that sort of market volatility and that that major drop in equity markets. There's a huge focus from investors then to say, hey, there's been a huge impact on superannuation accounts, on people's shareholdings, and boards really read the room. And so they zeroed out a lot of bonuses at the beginning of the pandemic in recognition of those conditions. But then in the following year, which is you know financial year 21, there was effectively a catch up in bonuses. So trading conditions jumped, a lot of share prices jumped over that year. So bonuses sort of came back with a vengeance and really the the financial year we're looking at in this report is that year after so flat at the beginning of the pandemic the kind of bonus catch up and this is a 
you know, a shift back down after that high. I think the report says that Alan Joyce from Qantas actually didn't, he was the only one of the top 100 that didn't receive a bonus. Is that right? That's right. There's a slight asterisk on that in terms of there, there is a deferred equity or a you know, different type of equity arrangement, which, which may vest in the current financial year. But yeah, he's, he's the only one that sort of didn't receive an STI during the year. Okay, so general for the other 99, are bonuses back at about normal levels then? They're a little bit lower. They're a little bit lower. Again, hard to comment on the averages because in yep. some companies yep. it's, it's very high. In some companies, almost like 100% of target becomes the expectation, whereas, you know, others it's probably a tougher scale. So they're generally lower than the, the longer-term trend but still around about 70% of maximum is your sort of median uh, outcome. Stay with me, Ed. We'll be back in a moment. I'm speaking to Ed John, Executive Manager, Stewardship at the Australian Council of Superannuation Investors. Okay, now there are a number of companies on the list that are foreign companies still listed here. Resme is an example, News Corp, is another. Do the pay of those foreign CEOs uh, differ drastically from, I'm asking this question and I know how much the ResMed guy makes, so I think I know the answer, but does it differ drastically from local pay? Yeah, definitely does, Sean. So in some ways, when you look at the numbers, you think Australian investors, large and small, and Australian boards have actually probably applied more, more scrutiny to CEO pay over time. And there is a cultural element around CEO pay. So three of the highest paid CEOs in this year came from those US companies. And you often see, say, quantums of 30 or 40 or $50 million you know, incentives come through in any one year, which I think differs from the Australian sample. And so I think that probably says something for the Australian market in terms of scrutiny, in terms of focus. And when we also step back and look at the averages, you know, just in this year, it was about $5 million per person higher for those foreign domiciled companies as compared to Australian CEOs. So there is that gap. Okay. Does does actually have a view on whether it's too much or not? I mean, 55 times average earnings and at the very top of that, you can think of some of the, well, one particular banker and, I mean, a bunch of people healthcare companies and pe- where people make a lot of money, does Axie take a view on that or not? Not so much. I, I think it becomes a really hard question about how much is too much and, you know, becomes yep. in the eye of the beholder. But yep. I think for investors and particularly for long-term investors, it's often a question of value for money. Yeah. So, so do we see these large numbers where these CEOs and teams have actually delivered for their shareholders over the long term? Or... Is it that old case of large numbers where the performance really isn't there or people are being paid bonuses for simply yeah. turning up? Do you get a sense that boards in Australia are uh, realistic and pragmatic in how they're setting the remuneration based on what you just said? I think boards in general are pragmatic. Things like the two strikes rule where you know inve- investors have that sort of no vote and that accountability, I think the dialogue between investors and boards and that scrutiny um, has been an important factor over time. There will always be outliers, but I think by and large, there's been a reasonable 
job done and again a, a reasonable level of scrutiny around outcomes to make sure there is that accountability. So where do we go from here? Ed, John from Axie, do you think that given, let's say, CEO pay was dampened during that financial year, I mean, dampened might not be the right word, but it's, it's not kind of totally out of sync. Where do you think we go from here, given the share market, what's happened, uh, given the economic circumstances? I think that that is really the key question, Sean, because anytime remuneration reported, it's, it's backward looking. So our data really looks back a year but we'll start to see in in you know in two months time when when earnings season ramps up we'll start to see performance numbers as well as CEO pay numbers for financial year 2023 and you know we know it's been a I guess a choppy year in markets and some really varied results and so the key question is is that variation reflected in outcomes so particularly where performance is off or companies have been impacted, does that flow through to CEO pay numbers? That's going to be the key test for Australian companies. And actually, given that uh, your members, the 26 super funds, manage uh, on average 10% of these companies, surely you're going to be very focused on ensuring that pay does match performance. Absolutely. That's something that Axie has done for a long time. And as a key element of governance, you know, our incentives actually aligned with how companies are performing over the long term. You know, are these companies delivering to to the kind of end members of super funds is a key key focus. And I think again in this reporting season, you know, there'll be particular scrutiny. Some companies will have had a bad year, but we don't want to see boards changing the goalposts in that situation. And I think it will look particularly bad in light of the broader economic conditions if we're seeing you know, some very large numbers if performance isn't there. Ed John, thank you for talking to Fear and Greed. Thanks, John. That was Ed John, Executive Manager Stewardship at the Australian Council of Superannuation Investors. This is the Fear and Greed Business Interview. Join us every morning for the full episode of Fear and Greed, Australia's best business podcast. I'm Sean Aylmer. Enjoy your day.